Hi guys, you're here with Dr. Molly and Todd Rowland, and we are bringing you the podcast, the business side of the pet industries. Today we're here with Samantha Pallia, and she is a industry expert on enrichment grooming, enrichment training, how to get you your pets comfortable, more safely groomed, and just implement um, a better style of grooming for the anxious, scared, um, semi-aggressive pets. So we're excited to have her on with you today. Hey, Samantha. <laughs> Hi, how are you guys? Thank you for having me on today. Great. Thanks for joining us. Uh, So the one thing uh, we want to get started with is a little bit of history of how you got started and how you got into the whole enrichment field. So I've been in the grooming industry now for um, about 28, 29 years. Um, So I've been in the industry for quite a while. And when I first started, of course, I was a competition groomer and my focus was squarely on doing AKC dogs and then pet salon dogs kind of implemented with the same AKC breed standards. And that was wonderful. And then we started to evolve as a grooming industry, right? So we started looking more into like the hair and coat and we started looking into um, a little bit of behavior. Uh, We started looking at holistic side of grooming. You know, we're looking at different avenues. So, um, you know, being a groomer for such a long time, I think I naturally picked up just how to handle a lot of dogs because I was always like the salon that even the vets recommended. Okay. And it was just like this kind of like a knack that came. But the problem was I couldn't bottle that up and like give it to my salon and say, here you go. You just got to be me. Right. Yeah. So (laughs) I had to try that easy. (laughs) Yeah. So for a long time, I really... Um, was trying to focusing on like how to make the pets more comfortable, how to work with them with their behaviors. And so I was on um, this called the dog gurus and I was on one of their 30 day challenges. Right. And so, and they're on a boarding and daycare side more, more so than the grooming. And so I was listening to a lot of their revenue ideas and they're talking about enrichment and they were big on the enrichment with their day daycare and boarding practices uh they were like the founders of it back when it wasn't cool everyone told them they were crazy and so and so i was kind of listening in and i and i was kind of understanding the idea of it and during one of the challenges was we had to come up with a new revenue stream so i i was thinking about the enrichment how they implemented in into the daycare and boarding And a lot of it related back to, you know, recognizing behaviors, looking at the body language, understanding the pet, and then you have to counteract that behavior with the enrichment. So I was like, there's got to be a way that I can kind of incorporate this into the grooming part of of the whole pet industry, right? Right. And so... It looked good on paper, you know, because I had turned in my homework yeah. <laughs> and I had no idea what a snuffle mat is. And I have any idea about a licky mat because everything I did was kind of like with my hands and just myself. Right. And I started doing some research on puzzle toys and some of these things that, you know, that really helped the brain of the dog um, balance out. And then also to be more stimulated to like release those endorphins. So it kind of makes a connection when you have a dog that's having stress, anxiety, nervous, 
maybe some PTSD, aggression, right? We have to tap into that emotion and we have to counterbalance it. So I really was trying to focus on what type of these activities during the grooming process could work to counteract some of these behaviors. So what had actually happened is I had it on paper and then I had a dog in my salon and she was being extremely difficult and I was almost going to have to call the client. And these were clients that were with me for a very long time, very long time, decades. Wow. And I bring many of their dogs. So I felt very defeated. I actually, the dog had me very stressed and I was trying to not to be stressed out. But, you know, like she yeah. was fighting. She was getting more aggressive. It was just a stressful situation for myself. It was a stressful situation for her. So I had to figure out something to either make this happen or I, it was call the owner and say, this is no longer, we got to be responsible. Right. Right. Yeah. And say, this is not safe for the pet. This is not safe for myself. We got, we have to figure something out or stop. Right. We don't, no one should be in danger, whether the people are pet. So I just did this whole thing with the dog gurus. So I went in and I just happened to buy the uh, licky mats at the time. And I put some peanut butter on there, pet safe peanut butter, of course. Of course. And I created a positive distraction. I placed it down and I didn't have an actual like setup. Like I said, I was very early in this. So I took a, a makeshift box kind of made like a little thing <laughs> and I presented it to her and she started licking the licky mat and she was so distracted and she was getting those endorphins. She was, her brain was relaxing. She was relaxing. She wasn't worried about what I was doing on her. So I couldn't even brush her. And this is a hand strip terrier. Oh. I introduced the licking mat. When I was done, I actually hand stripped her fully. Oh, wow. I remember I, I couldn't even put a brush on her. And I even have videos to, to prove it. And um, but, but because she wasn't focused on me. Right. Right. She wasn't paying attention to me. She was in her own little world. She was getting a reward we connected a positive activity to what she was having. So she let me groom her and enrichment grooming was born that day. And then I started beta testing it on different behaviors. Cause this is one dog, right? And right. you're like, sure. It might work for her, but yeah. what about all her dogs? <laughs> so we started um, trying it on other dogs. And of course, all dogs have different behaviors, right? And different characteristics. So we had to start trying different activities and seeing what worked with what personality, what behavior, which breeds, that kind of thing. Right. So that's, and it's just, and the nice thing about enrichment is it's a never ending. You can do whatever you want, as long as it's enhancing the experience for the pets in your care. That's awesome. We uh, took your enrichment class in at PetQuest. And so we learned a lot because we've got um, the mobile grooming side and then the salon side, and then we're getting into boarding and daycare. So you know, we all have those difficult dogs. And then especially for like our mobile groomers, there are a lot of times one-on-one. -on -one. So looking mm -hmm. for ways um, besides just different ways to restrain them is something we've really been looking into, which we don't have too many difficult dogs with the one-on-one, -on -one, but we still get mm -hmm. them. And so yeah. uh, we've already been able to implement a few things. We have some groomers that are bringing the squeaky toys or, you know, asking the parents to provide treats. Uh, we have one mm -hmm. just yesterday, our groomer had um, gotten kind of 
slashed in the neck and she's still willing to work with him. And she's like, he didn't care about the squeaky toy. And so yeah. uh, next time we're going to try the licky mat with the peanut butter. She thinks he'll probably react to that pretty well. And the, some of her before and after pictures for the dogs, they, they won't let the toy out of their mouth. Like, yeah. You can't get it. <laughs> yeah. It's like the whole groom. They'll be in the bathtub just holding this little dog. Like it's a little security blanket. So but isn't that amazing? Yes. Yeah. Isn't it, I mean, honestly, it's such a simple Right, it's simple, right? And it's nat their natural behaviors that we're tapping into. We're not teaching them to have fun. We're not teaching them to enjoy nose work. We're not teaching them to cuddle. This is all in them. They want to do this, right? right? They don't want to get their nails cut. They may not want the dryer, but they want the reward. Right. And, you know, Back and I and I'm gonna say this, and I'm I'm sure that people that have been around for a long time understand what I'm saying. We didn't always have this mentality as a grooming or pet industry, right? Right. We had more of an indus industry thought process, like, well, you just gotta get it done. You may have to restrain them. Yeah. You, maybe we had to fight with them. You know, hold them, get somebody else. Right. At at all causes, get it yeah. done. Correct. It yep. And what we were really doing back then, and I know because I did it too back then because that's what we knew, right? Yep. But what we were doing is we were actually being counterproductive. Yeah, definitely. So we need to start thinking that these are live animals. They have feelings. They have mental capabilities. They have emotions, right? They're, yep. they, they feel pain. They feel, you know, they feel a lot. And we have to, as a grooming industry, I think we need to start considering those, that about the pets in our care. Yes, I definitely Absolutely. agree. I think so many people are so quick now to say, like, we're not going to do your dog again until you take it to the vet and get it put on something. And it's kind of mm -hmm. like with kids, you try everything before you go that route, you know, and everybody's just so quick to, oh, they need medication. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I remember one thing you mentioned in your class was that this is a good way too to, help encourage groomers. I mean, it's beneficial for the groomers themselves or the boarding kennel techs and things like that, because it's helping reduce stress, reduce burnout, improve satisfaction. And I just think back when I think of this to when I was corporate and there was a girl training and she had been a bather for probably two years, loved it, you know, great at it. And then during her groomer training, she, you know, seemed to get all the new dogs, the difficult dogs. And there was this one and everyone was busy and she was, had been fighting with it for 30 minutes, had it hooked up. Mm -hmm. And finally she just threw her clippers down and walked out. And it was like, you know, had, you know, had something Now this was probably 10, 12 years ago. It's been a while, mm -hmm. but there was nothing at that time, especially in the corporate where we were that, offered any other solutions besides just restrain the dog and get through it. And so right. had something like that been around because she, I mean, she, in my opinion, she was meant to work with animals. It's just, she was, didn't have those tools to be able to handle those kind of situations over and over and over. And I just think of that poor dog and that girl. And so when I think of the, the groomer side of how this can help stress levels and everything, I mean, it's just one wonders, you know, that, yeah and, to deal with that and, and besides burnout what's another thing we suffer from compassion fatigue oh, right yes big time and we do where we are dealing with these animals a lot of us deal with animals four five 
maybe seven days a week, depending on who we are, depending on what kind of setup we have facility, what services we offer. Right. And we're not just dealing with like with one pet a day, we might be dealing with 10, 20, 50, like depending on the salon, there's a lot of pets in some people's care. Yeah. Whether you're a bather, you know, even your receptionist, you know, they're taking in these dogs and you see these pets that come in that maybe are older, they're a little elderly, right? And maybe they make it make it like, I don't want to say sad, but we have compassion because they are getting older. We watch them grow old and it tears at our heartstrings, right? Yeah. Or we see that pet that maybe doesn't come in as often enough. And they're the sweetest little dog. And maybe their pet owners can't take care of them like they should. Or maybe they choose not to. And then they're all matted. Maybe they're, you know, they might have skin issues, bad ear infections. I mean, even though we know that grooming them is going to make them feel better, there's still a part of us that holds that compassion for that dog, right? And it's heartbreaking. It is. So if we can bring those pets joy and we can turn a situation where maybe a pet is older, but then we see them perk up because they get that snuffle mat or we see that puppy that's just scared to come in because there's all these background noises and new people. And then by the time they leave, they're like excited. Yeah. Or maybe a dog that didn't trust the grooming process when they leave, the next time they come in, they're excited to see us. Right. That's going to help combat a lot of that, you know, compassion fatigue, which compassion fatigue leads to burnout. Yes. It's very, it's very interconnected. You know, and in my one of my seminars, a lot of times people want like they just want me to say, oh, well, when a dog is this, you throw them a ball or you. Right. The the, the problem with that is like there are still animals that have their own brains, their own hearts. Right. So it's not a one size fits all. You got to think about that. pet. You got to do what's best. Just like kids are different. Right. Right. We're all different. Yeah. So you do have to do a little bit of like, hey, let's figure out what's going to make this dog feel good. But isn't that what it's about is making the dog feel good. And I know a lot of times people think that they don't have the time to add something else in today. So I'm going to ask you guys, do you feel like that when you're using enrichment, that it actually takes more time than trying to fight with the dog or restrain a dog? And, or do you feel like you probably will end up saving time overall? I definitely feel like overall you save time, energy, and effort. <laughs> I, well, I don't know what day I was at the salon, but, you know, a customer came in as our last dogs were leaving to walk their dogs around in the salon and, and get used to that and stuff like that. I mean, it took 10 minutes they were there, and then they're bring, I think they brought them back one more time before their appointment tomorrow. Yeah, it's a dog. It was a rescue dog, and it had a very bad experience the first time it came in. So, you know, our groomer had mentioned, you know, just bring her back and let her walk around. We won't do anything grooming related. And mm-hmm. so she called Monday and said, you know, I have an appointment Friday, and she already and she brought her up that day with her little sister dog and walked all around the salon, checked out the kennels, was wagging her tail. She even came up to me a little bit. Yeah, she pawed me. <laughs> yeah, pawed at him. So the mom just couldn't believe it. And so she's going to bring her back one more time before Friday. And then, you know, Friday she'll be in there and hopefully have a much better experience and not just be nerve wrecked when she came comes in the door. And then the groomer is not going to be 
it's stressed out all day long knowing they're coming in at two o'clock and this dog was so bad last time like and we're you know talking about that burns you know that's hard on the dog and the burnout for the employee and we're in an industry where employee shortage is huge so the last thing we need to be doing is burning out our employees yeah, we need we need us we need to take care of our employees, right? And we need to take care of each other as groomers. And uh, back years ago, this was, uh, gosh, I'm gonna say probably 20 years ago, I took a seminar with Christina Pawlowski. If you know that name, I'm sure yeah. everyone knows that name, yeah. right? <laughs> Wonderful groomer icon in our industry. And so at that time, and this was 20 years ago. Um, I think the average, if I remember, of a groomer lifespan was like four or five years. Wow. That was the groomer's lifespan average. Okay. Now you're thinking four or five years. Now I've been at 28, 29 years. So, I mean, I've well exceeded. Yeah. <laughs> well exceeded. <laughs> but, but um, you know, but when you think about that, that's a lot of groomers you have to recruit to keep the industry going, yes. right? And as employers, what's one of the biggest challenges that we have right now? Finding as an industry as a whole, is yeah. finding people. And then it's a certain, like it's a niche employee you need, right? So like you may have like the people that might qualify to do like Amazon work. And <laughs> yeah. then you get people that like want to work with animals. And then you get it down to people who want to be in the grooming and bathing and oh, it yeah. just keeps going down and down and down so we got to capture those employees but we gotta work with them right we got to give them a good environment right we got to take care of them we got to like show them that we want to preserve their bodies we don't we know it's a physical job but we're going to do everything in our power as employees to take care of them so they yeah. can be in this industry you know because after you know i mean I think you were in that class. I mean, there was a girl in our class that said she was grooming like two and a half years and she was already having hand issues. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I look all the time. I'm sure you guys can can relate to this. You look, you open Facebook or you talk to people at these grooming shows and everything. And it's a very common tale. Yeah. Is my back hurts, my hip hurts, my feet hurts, my leg hurts, my hands hurt, right? My head hurts, my heart hurts, right? Everything yeah. hurts. Right. I mean, really, though, it, it's true. Our hearts do hurt and our and our heads hurt like our brains hurt because we're emotional people, too. Yeah. And this job is already challenging for us physically. And so when I saw how well the dogs did and I saw how even the people in my salon reacted to it. I mean, I'm, I'm so I'm so grateful for the people in, in my salon because the great thing is they were always open minded to it right? We have to be open minded to new things. Because if not, we're going to just stay, we're not going to move forward anywhere. Yeah, not, so as a, not as a company, a person, an industry, nothing. And so- I was talking to myself. Okay, so what you were just saying <laughs> brings me to my question. When we after we had Sorry. your class at uh, Pet Quest and we, Technology. <laughs> and we walked out, you know, everybody's chit-chatting and stuff before they go to the next class. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I heard was I would love to be able to do this, but my employer won't hear it. And I was talking to Molly about this one thing, because I didn't, you know, not been in the industry this long, but one thing 
from other industries I've been in is if you're not constantly involving as a business, you know, you're kind of dying, but it seems like a lot of old, I don't mean old, but just old school mentality is, you know, I've been using this shampoo for 15 years. I've been using this pair of scissors. We're not trying anything like we're so our groomers go to an expo and they come back and like we everything they want will you know we obviously can't have 30 different kind of shampoos that right wants, but like we try to implement something that everybody wants every every time they come back because that keeps them excited like we mm -hmm. didn't I forgot what we just changed but we just changed yeah. something when we came back from pet west because everybody wanted to try something new and and you know a lot of this stuff is not expensive and it keeps them excited and i just so what does a person do if they work somewhere and the salon owner or manager is just not even open to hearing what, what are the little steps they can do to make their day better? Okay. The, so there's going to be a two part answer and I'm, I'm going to be very honest about both things okay. because I'm a very honest person. So I'm going to give you, that. I'm going to give you my gentler answer first and then I'll give you my other answer. Second, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my gentler answer is going to be like, the great thing about it is, even if you are working at a facility that your owner or manager is not finding value and you feel that this is something you can implement, the great thing about it is you can use your hands by learning relaxation techniques. You can do simple loose leash walking. You could actually, and you can do this like during the bath or even like in the groom, you can do things that that you can still incorporate during your groom that's not going to necessarily take up more time if that's what the concern is of the owner okay. or cost them more money. You can utilize things. You can bring a kid's book from home and read them a story. You can cuddle with them, you know, if they don't want to be treat-based. Enrichment-based is not treat-based, right. you know, it's one form, but there are so many other things that you can do. And depending on the facility, depending on how much space you have, depending on how much you want to get into it. There's so many things you can do. It's like endless, right? Right. So, but the thing about it is you should never, if this is what your general calling is, so this is where I'm going to get a little honest, more yeah. honest. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> a little more straightforward. I just got to say it. I'm sorry. I do. I'm a business owner and I want to make the industry standard higher because I think that we deserve it as groomers. I think the pets in our care deserve it. I think our clients deserve it. My honest thing, and this is what I tell people in my in my uh, classes, you need to really do your homework then and ask yourself, does this employer, does this business line up with my personal values, my purpose, and my own personal mission for yeah. my job? Because one of the biggest problems I see, I see a lot of places, and thankfully I I, I'm either really blessed, I'm an awesome boss, or I have really good employees. I think it's a combination of all of it. Yeah. But I, one thing is I've been in business 20, um, going to be 23 years this year. I have never struggled with um, big employee deficits. Now, I'm not saying that maybe I didn't temporarily have to look for a bather or something. Right. But my salon and myself, um, like I said, I'm so blessed. Um, I never went through like a long drought. But I think a lot of times when I talk to my employees, it's because I'm open to education. It's because I do provide for them. I do treat the pets great. We do look into product, you know, different products. We do be innovative. You know, I'm an engaging like employer, right? 
And my employees like that. And now I'm not an easy boss to work for, from what I'm told, yeah. but they understand <laughs> that, you know what I mean? So it's not like it's a cakewalk, but I do, I do run my business like a business and I do take care of my employees and my employees take care of the animals. Right. right. And so we all align together. You know what I mean? They align with my mission. I align with their, what they want for an employer that they want to work for. Yeah. And so my thing is there's employers out there looking for amazing groomers and amazing staff and there's amazing employees they're looking for amazing bosses yeah and they are and they're out there you know they're out there so if if this is something you're true and dear your heart you think it was going to benefit you just think it's your career as a groomer it's your body yeah it's your mental state it's your emotional state you know what i'm trying this is about you yeah. So if you don't have a boss that you think or a manager that you think that they're going to align with it, then I would say you really need to have a little moment to yourself and really determine that that's where your best place is. And I know that's kind of like a big, like controversial. Some people may not like that answer, but it is the truth. Yeah. Um, it's so true that even before I even hire anybody, I give them our purpose, mission, and vision statement, and they have to read it. And yeah. they have, and I ask them, you know, do you align with this? Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and we it's important. The, yeah, important. the same view is like, you have to be the right fit for them and they have to be the right fit for you or mm -hmm. it's destructive to everyone. It's destructive to the yes. culture as a whole. It's destructive to them, you know, personally, right. physically, mentally, and then the business and the pets, because they're going to feed off that as well. If you're stressed and anxious and not enjoying your job, I mean, they can pick up on that. They're not, you know. Well, the, the first of all, and, and we've kind of talked about this is, you know, your mood sets the whole time for those grooms, it does. right? The way you show up, the way you greet the pet, the way you interact with that pet, the way you are, you know, moving around that pet, all of this, like we don't think about it, but our actions causes a reaction with yes. the pets in our care. They understand us and looking at us and our body behavior as much as we're looking at theirs. Yeah. So one of the things I try to tell people is if you're the one saying, oh, I always get the bad dogs. Oh, every dog is bad. You know, you know, I'm not saying that there's not difficult dogs out there. Because obviously, <laughs> we know that they are. Yeah. But we also have to understand there's difficult groomers. And yeah. there's different, you know, and unfortunately, I hate to be so blunt about it. But there are those people that come in. They're crabby. They're edgy. Maybe they're stressed. Maybe yeah. they're not happy at home. Maybe, maybe they're not even happy in that job. You know, it's not the fact that maybe they don't want to groom. Maybe they're just not happy in their environment. Yeah. You know? And so, again, you're going to let that ruin your business or you're going to let that person ruin your career. Like if it's a manager or a groomer, you're going to let them change your, I don't want to do this anymore because you think every manager or every owner is cut and paste like that. Right. Or you don't want to hire another employee because you think every employee acts like that. Um, I actually, I've had, I think most of the girls that actually work for me now, um, they have like a story where they worked at like a nightmare shop and they were going to give up working there yeah. and then they came to me and then they, you know, and unfortunately it's a common tale. Yeah. That's and pretty we, much our entire team as well. And that's actually how we get most of our new hires are mm -hmm. they're with us for a while and they like our culture and our stuff. And then 
they know groomers that just can't handle where they're at and it's and, working right? out. And all we hear from a lot of people is, I don't know how y'all continue to grow. Like we're, we can't get staff. We can't, get, we've doubled our staff since the pandemic when other people have had such a struggle because we allow our employees to have so much input. We met somebody at one of the mm -hmm. expos and, you know, she was having such a hard time with getting her employees to work Saturdays. I said, we don't make our employees work Saturdays. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, we have employees that work Saturday is because that's because yeah. it's their schedule, not right. ours. And it's just like, she's like, what Saturday's my busiest day? And we're like, well, no, it's, it's because you allow it to be, but you can, people will find a way to get their dogs in there Monday through Friday or, or whatever your team. I mean, yeah. you get rid of a good employee because they want to go to their kid's soccer game on a Saturday, like right. work yeah. with them. Like, because there is such a staffing shortage in this industry, we have to be open and involved to our staff. I mean, you have to make them want to work there. And if they're, like you said, if they're happy, the dog's going to be happier. It's just chain reaction. <laughs> your staff, your whole staff's going to be happier yeah. because that's a chain reaction, even within your coworkers. Right. right. And just because that's that groomer, that bather or whomever is working on this dog does not mean it's not affecting another dog or another person that may be in the same room. Yeah. It's, it's like that trapped energy that's in there, you know, and I'm not like a big like woo woo person like I know there is. Yeah, but there is something like to positivity. And there is something about the way you show up and the way you interact with like, that is all a big factor. Yeah. And another thing about we got to worry think about as as owners is we have to think about our company culture. We yeah. got to think about what we wanted to say. And I and I get it like all businesses. And I'm sure you guys can understand this. There, you know, they go in waves. Maybe there is something going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Grooming shows are a great way to get everyone back out there. They get refreshed. They get ideas. They come back. They're energized, right? They got new, yeah. new smock, or they got new equipment, or they yeah. learned something new, Just or they might a new friend. Yeah. So whatever, you know, whatever, you know, gets those juices flowing, right? Yep. And then it, like, our team. um, we go out to lunch together and we all just, it's like off the clock and everyone can just be themselves and have fun. And, yeah. you know, then they can connect, you know, and they go shopping together and they, you know, they have a great time, yeah. but that's all you got to say. Like, I want to keep my company culture positive and you got to squash it. You know, as soon as you find it's not getting in that way because a bad company culture will deter employees from being with you. Yeah. So it, where are you, oh, yes. you going to no, be at I, Well, I'm going to be at All-American. That is my um, home show because I live in Illinois. So I'll be okay. at All-American. I'm speaking about enrichment on uh, Saturday. And then after that, I'm flying out to Super Zoo the week yeah. after. Yeah. So I'm going to Las Vegas. And then in September, I am going to be at the Groom Expo at Hershey, Pennsylvania. Awesome. And then I'm going to be in Florida at Fun in the Sun in October. So I have, uh, I, I've been keeping a pretty busy calendar. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> we have a, we have one competing um, at All American yeah, and Hershey. And Hershey. So we'll be at Hershey, but not All American. We just can't. oh, awesome. So yeah. we'll definitely have to meet up at <laughs> yeah, All American. We will. I'm so excited. Um, I, I've been really, truly blessed. I'm, you know, when you're, when you're talking about enrichment and, and you understand, cause you kind of alluded to it. When I first came out with this, this uh, idea and I was like, Oh, I'm going to go and go tell everyone. Right. Yeah. I thought it was great. My staff thought it was great. <laughs> you know what I mean, 
but you're like, oh my God, are people going to like boo me off the stage? Are they going to like be like, that lady doesn't know what she's talking about? Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, and it seems like that the more I'm talking about this, the more people are understanding it, more people are incorporating it. And yeah. more people are seeing value and, and everything. And that's what, so if you're at any of those shows, please just come and listen. Um, you can, I, you guys were at my um, class and pet quest, like you said, and you guys are already utilizing it. And, you know, it means so much that you guys are telling me it's working because that's my goal. Yeah. My goal is to enhance the lives of dogs around the world by reaching them through their groomers, yeah. you know, and I can't, obviously I can't, do it on myself. I'm right. not even anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll share all your social media stuff in the show notes, but where's the best place for people to find you? Is it YouTube, Facebook? Where? So I have a YouTube channel that you could see some videos on if you want to see some live and, and they were not acted. These were in the shop as the day went on. Okay. Because you got to grab a good moment when you can. Yeah. Um, and that is at the Enrichment Stylist on YouTube. Okay. And I have a Facebook page called The Enrichment Stylist that you can message me through, contact me if you have any questions about enrichment. Um, I also do business consulting if you're a business owner or employee and consulting if you're an employee and you want to talk about your situation and maybe reach out and see if there, you think that maybe there's a better, you know, avenue for you. Um, I'm kind of like all over the place right now, but you can definitely catch me at a show. You can catch me online. Um, and then it also has my my email address and my phone number on there as well. So if you really need to call me, you can get hold of me that way too. Uh, but yeah, I'm just super excited about the world of enrichment right now we are too we have just seen leaps and bounds of how it's already helping just in our you know our business and we can't imagine the more people that know about it the more people that implement it how many more dogs are going to have a positive experience and i mean they carry that happiness especially if you can get the owners to accept some of these things and implement them like we have um some team members that are really good about explaining to the owners like in detail of why this is beneficial and things and they go home mm -hmm. and do some of these things and the changes they see so i mean what you're talking about is not just enrichment for grooming which it is but i mean it's for these whole their whole lives you know can improve mm -hmm. with this so we we Absolutely. love it we think it's amazing yeah. and we think everyone needs to learn about it <laughs> I am so happy you guys came to my my um, seminar in Pequa. I'm so happy I met you guys. I knew like right after we were talking, we had a great connection. And I thank you so much for bringing this awareness to, you know, the grooming industry. Because people aren't going to know if I don't have opportunities to speak about it. Yeah, you know? definitely. So I, I so appreciate you guys. And just... Um, you know, if anybody, you know, is looking for a salon in Illinois, I, Shout out right I'm, here. Always looking, <laughs> I'm always looking for fabulous enrichment stylists. So, you know, you awesome. can call me and reach me at my salon and come on in. <laughs> awesome. And if you're listening, we'll have all her links um, in the podcast bio too, you can check out. And then uh, we'll have this available on YouTube as well. So thank you. thank you. It was so great to talk to you. <laughs> no, thank you. Have me back anytime. I'd be happy to chat anytime with you. <laughs> All right, great. Thanks. <laughs>